Warning, the following content contains sounds. Some sapiens of Homo have episodic memories with undesired correlation sensations with particular sounds depending upon their mood and personalities. Although many attach their identities with notions and actions, the mockery that is included in here is directed towards the latter two and not the first. Having said that, hello, welcome to Correlation Sensations, a show where I talk about your mother's mammalian protuberances. Yes, yes. Mm. Hello, and welcome to part three of Plato, episode number 13. And guess what? We have a treat for you. We're gonna do a full cap on top of Phydrus. Yes, that's right, Phydrus. I have been corrected to say that it is actually pronounced Phydrus instead of Phaedrus. For those who are waiting for the Republic, well guess what? That will be next week, I promise you. Now keep your arms at arm's length at all times. Do not disconnect your arms and fling them about like a bunch of crazy animals. God damn that guy funny. Yeah, his comedy is great. Yeah. I'd go pay to see him at stand-up. Yes. Yeah, big time, alright? Yes, we don't want to wave uh, arms around because we're in a confined place, so we might smack each other or the wall behind us. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No yes. smacking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I got to tell you something. What? I, uh, I didn't really read Phydrus. Oh. Yeah. And then I started to read more. Like, I stopped, like, part of the way through. Oh. And I started to read more, and I was like, Oh, look at what I found here. What? Oh, well, I'm going to let the reader find out. I mean, the listener find out, yeah. Okay, but you are writing a book, so it's both. Yeah, don't tell them. Oh. So, quote, Now the lover is not only unlike his beloved, but he forces himself upon him. What? He forces himself upon him. For he is old and his love is young. And neither day nor night will he leave him if he can help. Necessity and the sting of desire drive him on and allure him with the pleasure which he receives from seeing, hearing, touching, perceiving him in every way. And therefore, he is delighted to fasten upon him and to minister to him. But with pleasure or consolation can the beloved be receiving all this time? Must he not feel the extremity of disgust when he looks at an older shriveled face and the remainder to match? which even in a description is disagreeable and quite detestable when he is forced into daily contact with his lover, Socrates. That is what I found out. Oh, sounds like a Nambla ad. Yeah. Wait, what? Who's Nambla? Don't look it up, it's terrible. The North American... Marlon Brando Lookalike Association? I guess we can say that for now, but I don't know. 
Remember when I said I was thinking about staying away from caffeine? Why? You lied. He's drinking up a cup of coffee now. Well, I was thinking about it. I didn't lie. Oh, I didn't okay. say when. Oh, okay. But this is good stuff. Be careful. Coworker had too much coffee. Not the caffeine-wise, but I think they were overly dehydrated, got kidney stones, or or a bladder infection. We don't know. Oh, yeah, you talk about that. Yes. I remember that. Yes. Because I listened to that episode just before this. Oh. Yeah, I got to freshen up the head. Yes. I think she returned to work yesterday, but hopefully she's still there. Oh. You think she didn't get the infection from Dirty Dick? No, no, no. She married and has husband and... Maybe husband being dirty. Oh. Or maybe she cheat on husband. Oh. I like senior citizens. Hmm. Maybe he put it in booty hole and then put it in PV hole. No, I, I think it was just too much coffee, not enough water. You know, I, uh, ever since you talk about those videos on the webs. Yeah. Oh my god. That's all you can think I about? I can't believe what they have up on there. They have one where it goes booty hole, mouth hole, booty hole, pussy hole. What the hell? Don't they know it's infection? God damn. Gross. What's your. Why you. What? What are you talking about? Oh, you know. Don't you tell me you never seen that. A2MA? Yeah. I got a funny story. Oh, yeah, that's not too funny. Oh, no, no. There was once a really crappy video game developer called A2MA, and all the employees joked about it because the guy didn't realize it. And they're just like, Jesus Christ, our name is this, you dumbass. What he thinking mean? Well, no, he did. It's like Arts 2 Media or something like that or something. That would be a catchy name, though. Yes. Oh, maybe my online handle for gaming should be A2MA. Hmm? South Park made up one. What? It's their fake band name. Uh, before the Lords of uh, Timmy and the Lords of the Underworld. It was DVDA, I think it was double anal, double vaginal. Ow! Yeah! Where do you fit in that? I don't know. How do you fit in that? That lady, she be walking like a damn cowboy, ride horse. Yes, she ride horse's dick. What? How did this get from quadruple penetration to horse? You said cowboy. No, I was talking about how she walk afterwards. Oh. That is illegal, folks. Like don't do that. Legged lady. Don't don't do that. That's illegal. Talk about thigh gap. Damn. Jesus. Oh, yeah. I'm going to talk about that quote. Mm-hmm. Oh, I scrolled away from it. Where was it? Oh, here we go. Sorry for our vulgarness. I wonder what the remainder to match means. You know, when I was talking about, or when Socrates, rather, was talking about the remainder to match with the old shriveled face? Mm-hmm. Perhaps he meant his third member to match. Oh. Mm. Yeah, this is what made me think of pedophilia. 
Ooh, yuck. You know, you know, Socrates goes into stating how the lover feels disgust even in himself. Like he is his own worst enemy later on down the line. He goes into how the lover chases after his beloved, who seems to be he as well. So, you know, yeah. That may have also been uh, from the language referring to everyone is male as the default standard. Nope. Oh, really? They oh. have, they refer to the soul as a female. Oh, okay. Yeah. And there's another quote, too. And I'm not going to talk about it now, but I'll show you later. I'll go, like, remember when I told you I have a quote? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that. Okay. Uh, maybe they just didn't have hang-ups, but the younger pedophilia is kind of bad. The hang-ups of, uh, Maryland, Maryland, bad, but it's just the hang-ups of age of consent. That's terrible. Yeah, the, the thing I have trouble knowing here is the ages of the individuals. They're very ambiguous with young and old. Yes, one of my old roommates watched Alexander for the first time, and he was like, oh my god, oh, he didn't know all that stuff was in it. Huh. Yes. I remember we watched another movie, and he didn't believe me that that was the same actor. And I'm like, yes, it is. He's in a band, too. And he's like, what? Okay. Oh, he's a multi-talented individual. Not that talented. Oh, okay. It's mediocre band. Oh, like 30 that. seconds to Uranus. I mean Mars. It took us two minutes to get there. Oh, I think it is referring to if you uh, t take life too fast and don't notice stuff, your stuff will pass you by. I think that's probably the meaning of it, what it was. Oh, like Pink Floyd's song, Time? Yes. Oh. Yes, yes. Okay. Socrates described that the lover is merely a lamb to a wolf. I said that, yeah? I uh, said that last episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Where we go. Okay, gathering his thoughts, Socrates claimed that he and Phaedrus were being impious because they were speaking ill of the divinity of love. Oh. Remember that? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. When they were... Was this when they were relaxing or when they were still trapping? This is before they started to go. Oh, okay. Socrates stopped himself and he was like, oh. Well, actually, Phaedrus stopped him. And then Socrates came back because Phaedrus would say, oh, it's like noon, it's too hot. He's like, you better stay here with me, baby. Oh, okay. And Socrates is like, oh, yeah, I'm the old man for the young boy. You know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, that's pretty interesting. This is when Socrates recalls that he had this feeling like, whoa, he was being impious. He better, uh, you know, pray. Uh -huh. Quote from Socrates. Another one, yeah. I might tell of many other noble deeds which have sprung from desires, from inspires madness. And therefore, let no one frighten or flutter as by using the temperate friend as to be chosen rather than the inspired. But let him further show that the love is not sent by the gods for any good to lover or beloved. He, if he can't do so well, 
will allow him to carry off the palm. It shows those engulfed by emotions as the steed of passion, also known as divine madness. Plato uses Socrates to describe the trifecta part of the human mind so he can show how the mind works. Yeah. Even today, they use that. They have the neocortex, the limbic system, and what they call the reptilian brain. Yeah, transversing down this holy hole of mystical worship of rabbits, parentheses lovers, Socrates goes into what I see as a metaphysical description of the chariots of the immortals, which are merely the souls of mortals. The chariots get weighed down by those who don't practice their ability to strive without the grief. One of these steeds is described to be noble, and of noble breed, oftentimes referred to as the steed which is of reason, while the other is the passionate slash emotional one, mixed, and of a noble breed. This shows how Socrates portrays what I have come to believe as the social belief that people who mix types of breeds, you know, are not good. Rather than outright saying races, Socrates describes a type of souls, which reflects the types of deities they pair up with, as if action is purely out of some immortal and indestructible soul character we are, and impregnating a mannequin, a body. He even goes into showing a belief of reincarnation in regards to how good men take 3,000 years prior to making their way back into the heavens, while exceptionally guided individual souls with noble willpower will reach heaven somewhere around 1,000 to 3,000 earth revolutions, and to the most ignoble will be cast down into the lower forms of species until they clean up their acts in reincarnation into a more well-evolved species, i.e. humans which is said to take up to 10,000 Earth revolutions. Wow. Sounds like a hunk of shit. Not once have I seen a homo sapien go into a frog and then work their way up to an ass, then back up to a human. Have you? No. I've seen many uh, humans that are asses and frogs. What? Figuratively speaking. Oh, I was gonna say, do you know something I don't know, you and the Captain Grouch Gobbler? No. We have the frog ray somewhere else. Because if you have something that I uh, don't know about, it might help me learning about this species here. Yes, they're very confusing. Yeah, I'm confused. I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, back to topic. It's noted that philosophical people, such as Plato and Socrates, are high up on the list to get there faster. The reason given is that they seek divine intelligence, air quotes, which is somehow brought out of a proper nurturing to being able to crave things that are good for the mind, such as quote-unquote pure knowledge. Oh, much like this metaphor, which sounds like a concoction which was used to replace the reductionist point of view. Mm -hmm. Staring at truth, 
Feeding the mind makes a person happy until it is their time to leave this world after life. At this moment, their life seems a lot shorter because they spend their time having good time reading. Yes. And they don't make so many uh, mistakes, so they don't have many sufferings. But that's a gross generalization. Yes. I wonder how Stephen Hawking felt about that. Hmm. I'm sure he wrote the book about it. Maybe he thought time passed him really fast because he just studied all the time. And thought. And thought. Because he could not walk. Yes. I think the older you get, time goes faster. Ah, because yeah. uh, based upon all you know. Yeah, and the relativity of everything. Yes. You've gone, so, you've gone through so much that at this point of time, it seems like nothing. Yes. And then when you get so old, you're like, whoa, it seems like just yesterday. Like school is all you know, so that's, oh my gosh, I'm going to be done in four years. Then, oh my gosh, wait, that was so short, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're 65 and you don't know what the fuck to do. Yes. As for the majority of life, fuck you, dog. Fruitless toil due to the lack of a sense for what is a pure knowledge, which leads people to consume the subjective, which is opinion, rather than objective. Uh. You can easily see this as for the year 2020. Can't you? Yes. I can see it right now. It appears that the masses cling to primal desires of tribalism. Throwing the byproduct of mental feces at each other when they disagree. While the sneaky sneaks which rule the world make adjustments usually unnoticed by those who think they thrive in this destruction rather than desire for discourse. The similarities are being shown in this book in regards to lust for arguments, electrical stimulants, and reactionary ill focus. And that are the lust for what I see as a pedophilic relationship between the masters and the pupils. Also, oh, they learn much from each other. No. Oh. They roll around in their filth. Oh. Yeah. Ew. Rather than calm down, you know, they, they carry all that weight on their back. Yes. So it seems a lot heavier load. Oh, yes. Because worrying it can add to concerns. Yeah. Believe it or not, that wasn't the words of Socrates, that was of me. Oh. Oh. Quark. Ah, oh, I'm becoming... Noble. A philosopher. I seek a pure knowledge. Oh. I feel it now. I will be leaving soon. Oh. Oh. Socrates goes into the subjective social classes and levels. You'd like this one because you like them games. Oh, yes. Yeah. These levels of righteousness. You want to know the first level? Yes, what? So there's no conflict of interest right here when Socrates describes the first level. It's that of the philosopher slash artist. Fancy that, huh? Yep. Level two is of the righteous king slash chief. Oh. So giving uh, the people in charge a leg up. Ah. Yeah, why they piss on those below. Yes. Then politicians, traders, and economists are somehow the third. Yep. Hmm. 
Then we got gymnastic efforts, physicians, uh, which are lower than the politicians, traders, and economists. Yep. In the fourth class. And then the fifth would be the religious and the prophets in the hair offense. Oh, wow. Isn't that nice? Yes. I would have put them down below. But that would be my opinion. The sixth is regarded as the poet, which is pretty fucking funny. Because it is a form of art. Which should have been in the first. Yep. And then you'll notice that this whole babala who stated by Socrates is really poetry. Then you have the seventh, which is the farmers and artisans. Huh. Yeah. I've heard that the artisans are artists or no. Or are they textile people? Well, I would think that artisans are a type of artist, but you know, those people who make their shoes like cobblers. Uh-huh. I think that's what that is. Ah, uh, okay, so basically made weird goods, gotcha. Yeah. And then the sophists and the demagogues are of the eighth class. And then the last is where the tyrants go. Final and deepest circle of a mortal hell. Wow. Yeah. In Socrates' words, he called it a probation. Oh. Probably because he was stuck with it within the society. Yeah. I think that's weird. Just because you can be philosophical doesn't mean you can't be gymnastic. And, you know, poetic. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Now, with regards to divine men as described here as a type of beauty they see in the earth, this transports them to become careless, which would allow several people to fail miserably given the certain circumstances, if I do say so myself. And what? I just did. Yes, this person who develops the mental wings and flutters out of excitation will travel up and share with those who align with similarities. Never mind you that there are those who are described as snakes, which are ready to perform consumption of nest eggs people have laid out in their own wealth by this little fluttery bird who seems to have been successful because they allowed divine knowledge to take them up in the wiseness. Kind of funny. I have another thought. Mm-hmm. It is shown that the one uncorrupted or not familiar with earthly pleasures finds pleasure in the mere resemblance of immortal soul's beauty and what they see in their world. This gives the one not deteriorated by corrosive aspects of life in awe and wonder. Yes. You know, giving them those wings. Yep, yep. Maybe he's talking about stress. Yeah. want to go out and kill that dog. No, no, no. Yeah. It's just owners maybe just not very nice. I haven't eaten in a little while. Maybe I could go cook it. Well, I don't think dog yes. tastes very good. Too stringy. You think so? Oh, you tried yeah. it? No, just seen from... It works in Korea. In Vietnam, too. Nah. Yeah, they actually have special breeds. They breed just for eating, like cattle. Yeah, moo moo, woof woof. Yeah, so let's go to a quote. 
During this process, the whole soul is all in a state of abolition and effervescence, which makes, compared to the irritation, uneasiness, indeed comes at the time of cutting teeth, bubbles up, and has a feeling of uneasiness and tickling. But when, in like manner, the soul is beginning to grow wings, the beauty of the beloved meets her eye, and she receives the sensible warm motion of particles which flow towards her, therefore called emotion, amorous. Oh. And these are refreshed and warmed by him. And then she ceases from her pain with joy. But when she is parted from her beloved, her moisture fails. Then the orifices of the passages, out of which the wing shoots dry up and close. Wow. And intercept the germ of the wing which being shut up with the emotion, throbbing as the pulsations of the artery, pricks the aperture, which is nearest until the length the entire soul is pierced and maddened in pain, and at the recollection of beauty is again delighted. And from both of them together, the soul is oppressed at the strangeness of her condition, and is in a great strait and excitement, and in her madness can neither sleep by night nor abide her place by day. Socrates. That's deep. Oh, yeah, wow, we. Deep. Talking about them orifices. Yeah. Her orifices dry up when she is no longer with her man. Oh, sad woman. Sad, sad woman. That's okay, baby. You can come to me. I'll get a little wet right there. Okay. Spit on it. You. At this point, the lover is willing to do all he can as a servant to the one he desires most, and will somehow neglect all family and friends to satisfy this bitch who wants you to be her servant. I still talk to my family. As a matter of fact, I had the brunch with my father and my lover this weekend. Oh. And we work together to focus on our earthly lot in life. She has not directed me away from my goals with her wet orifices. He corrected me altogether. Goddamn dog. Shut up. What can you do? I know what I can do. Socrates corrected me altogether regarding the ignorance of the world below his love. He agreed with my first portion. Well which contradicts the noble chariot ride he describes before that. I at least gave him the benefit of the doubt before the words convey the message of neglect for the whole opinionated social hierarchy of better individuals. Yes. Displaying his own love affecting his vision of those who are in what subjective placement for success. Alas, Plato and Socrates are merely sapiens of the homo and were bound to make mistakes. Poor ape-man. Yes, I guess their own hubris and ideas, because I don't know where the thousand years of reincarnation come in based upon how pious or how good they were or how whatever. That seems such as a random number. Nah, they probably got it from those crazies. They call, uh, what they call those crazies? Those visionaries? Seers? Yeah, the seers, yeah. Which were like what? What were they, like fourth place? I don't know. 
Yeah, at this point Socrates makes a distinction between various spirits of people who favors various deities in mythological mishigash. For example, Zeus allows a person to carry larger loads. How do you like that void? The burdens. Pretty bad. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I wonder if they meant a different type of load. You always mind in the gutter. My mind in my head. What you talk about gutter? I don't know. Load this, load that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he said the likeness to Ares will be ready to murder their own lover along with themselves. If they believe they have been wronged by their lover. Oh, jealousy bad. Yeah. And when I think about this section here, it contradicts what Socrates and Phaedrus and Lysias have been saying. Where they said, you know, the lover will go at great lengths to please their lover and even harm others. Which means they will harm their lover. Well, they didn't say that for Zeus. Hmm. Depends on what stories they have out there of their deities. Yes. Zeus did some pretty messed up things. He transformed into many different animals, people, and fucked many different things. I told you, Zeus can handle heavy loads. Exactly. Incoming quote from Socrates, And he who follows the train of any other god, while he is unspoiled, in the oppression lasts, honors and imitates him as far as he is able to. And after the manner of his God, he behaves in his intercourse with his beloved and with the rest of the world during the first period of his earthly existence. Everyone chooses his love from the ranks of beauty according to his character, and this he makes his God. In the fashion and adores a sort of image which he is uh, to fall down in worship. Socrates. Wow, so Socrates, hmm, sounds like some mimicry here. Sounds like a person attempting to have an idol. And then worshipping the idol and trying to become that. Yes. Which kind of makes it funny when you say it's a person's soul that makes the person act like that. When really it's something they're trying to mimic. Or achieve. Yeah, kind of ridiculous. No aspiration unpunished. Oh, yeah. Yeah, aspiration is that where you choke your asp? No, aspiration is goals and... Uh, Things you want to try and accomplish in life. Whoa. 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 I think you were thinking gape. Yeah. Ask Aben. Heh. <laughs> yeah, here's my... I hear they do it in Aspen. Oh, yeah? Yes. Whoa. Downhill skiing. Whoa. All they do is when there's no snow, so it's all muddy. Whatever. You know... They have two poles when they go skiing, too. Yes. Oh. That sounds tricky. I think I maybe mentioned this, but I can't remember which podcast. It was Lady Comedian talked about she disappointed her family by going downhill skiing in the summer. And everyone just holding the crowd went, oh. And she's like, yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that supposed to mean something? I don't get it. Well, see, you get two guys and you sit in the middle. Oh, yeah? And you downhill ski them. That would be heavy, though. You know, trying to go down the hill. Is that because there's no snow, so... 
So you have to have the two guys in your hands to help you kill go down? Or you help them go down. Ha 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 ha. I'm confused. It's a sex act that mimics skiing. And you say my mind's always in the gutter. Yes, welcome to the gutter podcast. No, this is correlation sensation, damn it. Okay. How dare you? Well, if your mind's in the gutter, it can be a correlation sensation. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So, another quote, huh? Mm. I like these quotes. The followers of Zeus desire that their beloved should have a soul like him, and therefore they seek out someone of a philosophical and empirical nature. And when they have found him and love him, they do all they can do to confirm a nature in him. And if they have no experience of such a disposition here there too, they learn of anyone who can teach them, and themselves follow in the same way, Socrates. Oh, didn't know that. So, quite a coincidence that Socrates philosophical, Zeus philosophical. You think Socrates tried to uh, have bestiality too? I don't know. You're supposed to mimic him. Maybe he had too many goats on his land. I don't know. Baha ba Socrates goat. Yeah. Hey, do you think when the goat had babies it looked like Socrates? Or a pot pig? What? Oh! Oh, yeah, like Mr. Garrison in the Piggly Wiggly. That was so disturbing. I thought it was kind of cute. No? Okay. Hey, <laughs> you want to hear another one? Yes. Oh, yeah. And they have the less difficulty in finding the nature of their own God in themselves because they have compelled to gaze intensely on him. Their recollection clings to him, and they become possessed of him, and receive from him their character and disposition. So far as a man can participate in God, the qualities of their God they attribute to the Beloved. Wherefore they love him all the more, and if, like a batchic nymphs, they draw inspiration from Zeus, they pour out their own fountain upon him. What? Fountain? Oh well. Wanting to make him as like as possible to their own God. But those who are followers of Harry seek a royal love. And when they have found him, they do just the same with him. And in a like manner, the followers of Apollo and every other God walking in the ways of their God seeks a love who is to be made like him who they serve. And when they have found him, they themselves imitate their God and persuade their love to do the same and educate him into the manner and nature of the God as far as they each can. For no feelings of envy or jealousy are entertained by them towards their evolved. But they do their utmost to create in him the greatest likeness of themselves and of the God whom they honor, Socrates. Oh, okay. So do you think these two dudes uh, who are getting it on you know, want to look all muscular and big like Zeus. I don't know, because there are many different visions of him. Hmm. Perhaps. Then, if you thought that we were done with the charioteer thing, Socrates goes deeper into it, boy. Yes. 
Yeah. They go deeper into it. The soul has two, three horses and a charioteer. I don't know what the two, three means, but uh, that is in the translation, and I read on. One horse is the protagonist, while the other an antagonist. As one can easily assume, the right one is the correct one, while the left one is the wrong one. The uh -huh. right horse is white, while the wrong horse is dark. Sounds a tad bit prejudiced to me. Yes. Yeah. Let's continue, huh? Have they not heard of black beauties or wild horses? Oh, I don't think so. Yes, I believe a lot of wild horses roam the countryside. Hmm. But the right horse stands upright while the bad one stands skewed and lumbering. Huh. What if the horse has a bad back? Does that mean he's a wrong horse? I Maybe. don't know. Maybe he had too many people sitting on him, her, Zim, Shem, Shem, Shemari, Shem, Shem, Sharu. Or Lady Or What? A famous painting of naked ladies sitting on horse. Ooh. Funny story. Once we were at a botanical garden helping with a fundraiser, they had a lady in a bodysuit riding a horse for the event. Being Le Gadava because each little station was a different artist's representation of things, and that was one of them. Huh. Yes. I know that. Then, you want to hear something interesting? Yes. A nice long neck and equaline nose with dark eyes are his what is the good one. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then when you have a Plato-like neck, which is the short and girthy, mm. flat face and gray eyes, is that a bad horse? Didn't know you could tell so much about the horse just by looking at them. The terrible darky horse is made from insolence and pride and is shaggy-eared and deaf, requiring a beating to listen to his master. Whoa. Oh, so basically doesn't listen to directions well, doesn't take in information well. I think it's uh, maybe one's wandering mind thoughts. So the darky is shaggy-eared and deaf and needs to be beaten in order to do as he is taught. Yes. Sounds a little racist. That's my correlation sensation. Yeah. So we can go into this part. The soul warms up when the person views his love. Pricklings and ticklings of the desire occur. And the good horse holds steady because it's willed by the thought of shame. And the dirty, nasty horse is said to be heedless of all the pricks in the blows of the whip, which leaps and tries to go get what he desires because he knows what he wants. The soul's filthy horse will do anything in his or her power to bring the soul to get what the person really truly wants. Even though if the person wants to pretend to not know what they want. At this moment, the person is claimed to behold their beloved in their mind like some deity image on a pedestal, falling back because it is enamored by the beloved and violently cools his horses down by beating them and making them sit down and tell them, hold your horses, cool your jets. Ah, uh, maybe that's where that came from. Yeah, cool your horses down. Yeah. Yeah. Once the breath of the horny horse has been gotten back, 
This bugger is supposed to get back up and forces the charioteer and the beach horse to go after the desired one. Because no matter how afraid you are, you got to go get what you want to claim your manhood and show your courage. Yes. Because life is short. And there's more struggle in this soul. Which I claim is from the person's upbringing and how comfortable they are with their sexuality. But I would be disagreeing with that philosophical and imperial godlike person named Socrates. Oh, Socrates. Yeah, the, the lusty horse is said to be so strong-willed that it will have its mouth be bleeding from pulling and tugging against the other horse in the charioteer. Yeah. Oh, so it's saying uh, one's lust can be self-destructive. I guess so. You would do whatever you want. But I think it's just depicting the struggle within the mind. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Sometimes you could beat yourself up pretty hard in there. Yes. I know I do. Yes. One's own worst criticism can come from within. Yeah. When the beloved somehow, like a god, takes note on the loyalty and service of his lover, a recollection of the youth of the beloved has memories of companions and others slanderously telling him that he would be discovered for this kind of love. At this later date, with what is called the appointed age and time, is willing to receive him in some communion with those two dudes who are said to have abstained since they were good friends and admirers of each other. The sex is said to be amazing, boy. Wow, this is truly because of abstinence, you know, like edging. Oh, sounds painful. Blue Ball City. Exactly. The relationship is said to have budded so well that the lover is seen to be worthy and above all other friends and family, where they have gymnastic exercises and other meetings, which is said to help their fountain of love, which waters their holes and wow. helps grow their wings. Yeah, the horny horse has its own words. You know what it says? What? Can we just trade some pleasure for many, many sufferings? That's what the horse says to the charioteer in the brain. Oh, so it's trying to be more pleasurable and quit beating yourself up over shit. Yeah. I was kind of dirty, though. Oh. I thought maybe the many more pains would be like the anal fissures and the poopings after the butt pounding. But I mean, maybe I was wrong. That could be just a sensation, you know. Socrates claims that the person's ability to control themselves directly affects the happiness within the relationship, Void. If they are noble and seek philosophical endeavors, then they will be able to do what is necessary in their lot of life. I choose now to use Socrates' own words for the following. <clears throat> if, on the other hand, they live philosophical and lead the lower life of ambition, then probably after wine or some other careless hour, the two wanton animals take the two souls when off their guard and bring them together, and they accomplish that desire of their hearts which to many is bliss, and this having once enjoyed, they continue to enjoy. 
Yet rarely because they have not the approval of the foresaw. They too are dear, but not so dear to one another as the others. Either at the time of their love or afterwards, they consider that they have given and taken from each other the most sacred pledges, and they may not wreak them and fall into enmity. At last they pass out of the body unwinged, but eager to soar, and this obtain no mean reward of love in the madness, Socrates. Yup, bullshit. Souls conflicting? Perhaps it's a sign of the times, Ward. I don't think they were very progressive back then. Yes. I think maybe they were just hating on themselves because they were raised to be manly men and to bang women. Wow. That's what I'm thinking. Now, I want to have another quote. I'm going to warn the consumer, though, because he says a word that will not be taken kindly depending upon the consumer's correlation sensation. Ford, you better be listening for this Yes. One. You're not even listening. Look, you're looking at your crotch. <gasps> that was your phone. What, you put your dick on your phone? Maybe. I'll swipe, please swipe. No, I... Uh... What? No wonder why you have so much grease mark on your phone. I gotta keep going. Okay, here's a quote. You got to listen to this. Okay. Thus a great are the heavenly blessings which the friendship of the lover will confer upon you, my youth, whereas the attachment of the non-lover, which is alloyed with a worldly prudence, and has worldly and niggardly ways of doling out benefits, will breed in your soul those vulgar qualities which the populace applaud, will send you bowling around the earth during a period of 9,000 years, and leave you a fool in the world below, Socrates. Can you believe that? Wow. I did not know that word was so old. Which word? Niggardly. I think it means something different. Perhaps it's like the swastika. Oh. It just meant ignorantly. Yes. And they took that word. Yes, and, and applied, applied it, to, it yes. to Yeah, to the no-nos. Yes. Yeah. But I can say it right because I'm quoting him, right? No, you're not saying the word. Well, I did say it, but I didn't mean it in a bad way. No, no, with the L-Y at the end. I or... hope I don't get hard to the no no I think that's still bad with the L-Y at the end, too. Okay. Yeah, so... Since he was directing that word niggardly towards the general populace, it's safe to say that he didn't mean it in that racial fashion. Yes, I, I don't think it even existed. Well, it did. Apparently it did. It translated to that. But I'm pretty sure it meant ignorantly. But a more derogatory form of ignorantly. Yeah. So it's basically talking about the general populace of how they praise all these certain social stigmas. Plato did have that quote about how long, you know, people are able to be satisfied without without so much is the greatest wealth a person could have, while the general populace seems to try to gather as much wealth as possible with the worldly goods, which is also considered unholy in itself. I suggest those who are listening right now, 
I looked that up. It means stinging or miserable uh, misery. Misery. Yes. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yes. So I was corrected. Yes. Good thing. I'll be going around saying that word wrongly. My back is a niggardly thing. Actually, I think that is correctly the use. You might spark the correlation sensation with that the other word. Oh, yeah, I bet. I bet you right now some people got flustered. I know, but we Maybe use this... it in the clinical sense of the old text. Oh, yeah. And you even stated so. Ah, yeah, I made sure. Did not want to get an earful on the Facebook or the Twitter or whatever it may be. Yes. Yeah. So... I suggest those who require a lot of comforts, especially nowadays, to take a weekend away. Go off. Go without your gadgets. Go camping or hunting or fishing. And feel the resonance of the planet which allowed your species to feed off of her like a parasite leaching nutrients from her host. Oh, yes. Yeah. Now, Socrates basically speaks to Eros, saying that he has uh, repaid the debt for both Phaedrus and himself, so they can go without becoming blind from the stroking of their mental cock and balls into mutual masturbation. Oh. Yeah, because they repented with reciting that mythological dung. Then he goes and blames Lysias for his own impiety, rather than blaming themselves for not catching themselves prior. So Lysias is to blame for the words that they came up with and said, whatever you say. Uh-huh. Phaedrus expresses amazement in regards to Lysias not being one who's going to be able to, you know, speak against that in any better way than uh, Socrates did. Then Phaedrus goes into how Lysias was being spoken poorly to by a politician being called a speechwriter again and again, and Socrates says he finds that amusing because politicians thrive off of having speeches. And then, uh, then he starts talking about how, you know, the only thing you should be ashamed of is writing poorly, which is also subjective. Then Socrates goes into writing and rhetoric and talking about how, I think it was Homer who said that, were uh, the ancient sages, one of the two, uh-huh. We're talking about how the only good writing or the art of writing can't come out of writing anything wrong. But then Socrates points out how rhetoric is used in the courtrooms. And it uses uh, generalizations and probability to, you know, veer the people in the courtroom's opinion of what went down. It doesn't use reality because why would you have someone saying the truth if they were guilty? Yes. So he was talking about the art of that is actually lying. Wow. Then he goes into some hoopla about grasshoppers, mm, which are people prior to the muses having been grown in the immortal world for somehow. Oh. And all they did was sing when since the day they were born, forgetting to eat and drink. Oh. But what gets me is that he didn't uh, think about what, how they reproduce if all they do is sing, unless if they have sex and sing. Oh, a uh, friend posted funny meme. There's a song on SNL that they did that talks about doesn't matter had sex, right? You heard that one before? What? It's a song, I just got laid or I just had sex. And it's sung all smooth and stuff. It said, had sex with a pound or still counts. If you had sex the last 30 minutes, sing with me. 
someone posted it and it posted a praying mantis just had sex and and praying mantises eat their uh females eat the male after sex i heard about that one scary so, so it made me laugh because it was a female praying mantis singing about just having sex i think i actually saw something on instagram where a praying mantis was eating her past lover uh-huh. while getting screwed by her new lover oh so she was Doubling up on seconds. Maybe Socrates was watching Prime Mantises for his ideas on sex. Because it doesn't seem like Socrates went into sex too much. No, just maybe less than desire. Yeah. At the very end, Socrates encourages Phaedrus to go and tell Lysias all the things they talked about. And to convince Lysias to take a lover. Mm, a young lover. Uh, do you think they're talking about the uh, the uh, church boy situation or just a young woman? That's oh. why I think the church boy. Oh, boy. That was rapid, especially if you look at Spartans and Alexander and all that kind of stuff, too. Yeah, I bet you that's what it's all about. Yeah, because uh, the movie Alexander came great under great scrutiny because Alexander the Great is only great for conquering... Same with Genghis Khan. booty. Yeah, but the fact is both Genghis Khan and Alexander did very terrible things, too. And oh, yeah. Great, great. So fucking has an episode where they talk about... Uh, they don't even talk about... Oh, that'd be a good one for the Alexander the Great. Oh. But they talk about Genghis Khan and how he rolled people up in carpets and kicked them to death. Oh, my gosh. Did he have his horse do it? I don't know. They didn't specify if it was people or horse. Because I think that'd be kind of inefficient. Or maybe if it was in the face so he couldn't move. Maybe they wanted it to take a long time to show them punishment. Also, like the whole group of all the Mongol hordes. Yeah, taking their time. Okay. So, that is that. All right. No more on fighters. Next week, I promise you listeners. Republic, right? We go to the Republic. There's like 10 books, oh, so okay. maybe we should just do one or two books. Uh-huh. Yeah, this could be a lot of episodes. Oh my God, this isn't even neuroscience. This is philosophy. I but, know, uh, but what this... What have we done? I don't know. We have to get to the... Details? Yes. The devil's there. Yes. And we can find more of what they thought about the human mind. Yes. We reached the part where they uh, talked about the sense of sight... In the charioteers of the soul, which some people have wrote books recently or articles recently, you know, comparing and contrasting between Socrates or Plato's rather vision of the three chariot or the charioteer three part soul matching the brain of how they view it now. Oh, because the two halves uh, of the uh, lobe and then the going down, the thing connecting them? No, because of the neocortex, the outer portion, uh-huh. and the inner portion, the limbic system, uh-huh. and then the brain stem yeah. as the lower part. Uh-huh. But yeah, we're going to go into more of these. Until next week. Bye. We leave in peace.
Yeah. 